if you're going to launch a podcast, your podcast has to be the number one solution to a real problem in this world. If you're a coach, great, but don't just launch a podcast that's like every other coach's podcast out there. It's going to fail. It can seem like celebrity entrepreneurs won the jackpot, but there's more to this story. Behind the blockbuster coaching programs, offers, and live events are stories of careful development, fixed mistakes, and strategy. On this season of the Coach Pony Podcast, I'm sitting down with successful business owners to ask them, how do you build that? I'll talk to a wide range of coaches and leaders, digging into how it all started, what they learned, and what you should know if you want to play a similar game. And with that, let's get down to business. Today, our guest is John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneurs on Fire. John has built one of the all-time top podcasts for business owners and has not only made over $20 million from his podcast, but he's also dominated his market. John Lee Dumas, you are the next guest on the Coach Pony Podcast. Come on down. Welcome, John Lee Dumas. I am so excited that we get to chat And I just want to dive right in. So you've generated over $20 million in the last 10 years, but what was your very first goal for the podcast? My first goal for the podcast, honestly, was to meet cool people, was to network, was to learn from those people up close that I was already learning from afar. And I just thought it'd be awesome to jump on Skype or Squadcast or Zoom or you know whatever was available and just have like a one-on-one conversation with somebody who I was really inspired by, who I looked up to and admired. And that was goal number one. Awesome. I love hearing about goals because it really sets the stage for understanding what you were trying to achieve. And I also want to talk about action. So tell me, when you first started, what were the three key things that you did to grow the podcast? Number one would be my guests. And what they did to help me grow the show was I made it easy for them to share their story, their podcast with their audience. So as soon as the interview was done, I would always say, hey, this interview is going to go live on X and X dates. When this goes live, I mean, you shared a a cool story. Would you be willing to share it with your audience? So I got that buy-in right away. So then when the episode went live a month or however long later, I already had that initial buy-in. I would remind them of that. I'd say, hey, thank you so much for agreeing to share the show with your audience. Here's all the links to do so. It was such a fun episode. Let's make this happen. And so then all of a sudden, I was having all of these guests sharing Entrepreneurs on Fire with their audience. And it wasn't just happening once a week. It was happening every single day because Entrepreneurs on Fire was a daily show. Um, So that was really massive. Plus, I definitely leveraged social media. And back in 2012, 2013, when I first launched, you were able to leverage social media in in a pretty powerful way. And also, you know, I made my email list, you know, a very powerful tool for me to help grow the audience by making sure that my email newsletter list knew what episodes were going live, the teasers, the tools, the resources that were being shared to really entice them um, to listen to the show. And I remember having a lot of people forwarding those emails to their friends and family and, you know, peers that weren't subscribed to the show 
to say, hey, this show reminded me of something that you're working on, something that you're doing, you should check it out. And that was really, again, arming my subscribers with a very valuable tool, making it easy for them to share with their family and friends. I love it. So to recap, one is that you let your guests know how to share the podcast and you really got their help to put the word out. Two is that you use social media, which we know is a whole different world today, but it was very powerful for you then. And three is that you armed your email newsletter subscribers and allowed them to easily share the podcast and you encouraged them to do so. Yeah, and it was important to make the newsletters really valuable with the links and the resources and the teasers that really enticed the reader or the person who the newsletter was forwarded to, to say, you know what, this is going to be worth checking out. So what took the most effort in terms of building up the guest list? Finding guests for the show. Because I was going to be doing a seven-day-a-week show, 30 days per month, 365 per year. And I mean, I was an unknown name. The brand Entrepreneurs on Fire was unknown as well. I was actually in a mastermind with our mutual friend, Jody Flynn. And you know, we definitely did some brainstorming during that mastermind about different ways that I could find guests for the show. And it was hard work. You know, For every 100 people that I reached out to, I maybe got 10, 15, 20 yeses. So it was really a numbers game. And that was just really finding, hey, where are that kind of number of entrepreneurs that I can reach out to to get 365 yeses per year? Because at that rate, I was going to have to find like two or 3,000 people to reach out to to get the requisite 365 yeses to get the show going and to get the show, you know, consistent on that daily podcast. And it was tough, but, you know, I just kept reaching out. I kept doing things like going to Google, typing in entrepreneur conferences and seeing all the amazing entrepreneur conferences that happened last year, currently, or in the future, going to the websites of those conferences and just clicking on the speakers tab. And then all of a sudden, 10 speakers, 20 speakers, 150 speakers for some of the bigger events were being listed out there. And these are individuals that are willing to fly cross country, sleep in a hotel for three nights to speak on stage for 45 minutes in front of a couple hundred people. So if I could pitch them, hey, wake up tomorrow morning, brew a cup of coffee, don't even you know take your bathrobe off because we're doing audio only, no video, and let's talk for 25 minutes about your area of expertise, it was kind of an easy sell. I love that, that you thought outside the box a little bit and that you used speakers conferences to find guests by pinpointing the speakers. That is brilliant. So what would you have spent less time doing in your early years in the podcast? Editing the podcast. <laughs> and it's, it's just the reality that every podcaster thinks they have to take out Every um, every ah, uh, every little misstep or misspoken word that's on their show because they think that the listeners are just sitting there with like a little pad of paper just damning you for every little mistake you made where the, the reality is actually opposite. They're doing a million things. They're unpacking groceries. They're running along the beach. They're lifting and working out. People are screaming at them. Like they're listening, but I mean, believe me, like they're not listening with this fine tooth comb that some people assume that they are. It seems like that all early podcasters like myself back in 2012 think that the listeners are listening with. So 
I could have taken a lot of that time back and just really made a show that people said, you know what? Christy's not perfect. JLD is not perfect. They're going to say, um, and ah, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to cough. Their dog's going to bark in the background and that's okay. They're going to acknowledge it because this is real life. And then they're going to move on. And, and that's just reality. And sometimes people even like that kind of more intimacy that is brought with, you know, the non CNN, you know, 60 minutes type of, this is 2020, you know, and everything's got to be so perfect. And that's just not the world that podcasting is supposed to be. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about money because I know the coaches listening are curious. So tell me, how much money did you spend in that very first year to get the podcast off the ground? So I spent close to $10,000. And I don't think that is a number that people have to spend even today. You know, that was 10 years ago because podcasting can be done at a very shoestring budget if you want to. And it's even starting most businesses these days can be started um, on a shoestring budget if you need to. But, you know, for me, I was just in a financial situation where I could kind of go all in. So I hired a coach, spent a lot of money to join a mastermind, you know, bought high-end equipment, you know, decked my studio out. So over time, like those things do add up. But looking back, I mean, those things were valuable to do, especially the coach and the mastermind. But, you know, it wasn't critical that I spend, you know, like 10K over the first year to have a successful podcast. And I've seen a lot of people do it on a very shoestring budget. Okay, so as the podcast grew, did you change anything in terms of how you marketed it and how you tried to get it out there? I'd say I didn't really change anything personally, but the brand itself changed. It became just more known. People said, oh, Entrepreneur's on Fire. Like, I know a couple of people who have been on that. Or, oh, Entrepreneur's on Fire. Like, that's one of the top, you know, ranked business podcasts. Or, oh, I know that John Lee guy because I met him at a conference that he spoke at or I spoke at or blah, blah, blah. And so then those emails just started getting easier. And those, like, yeses went from, like, 10 to 20% to, like, 70 to 80%. And then up and up and up from there over time, of course, until, you know, a few years in, I actually hit a tipping point where I was getting more people applying and requesting to be on the show than I even had spots for. And as you and I are talking now, of course, you know, mind you, this is 10 years later, I get over 400 inbound requests per month for people wanting to be on Entrepreneurs on Fire. So much so that supply and demand just dictates that, you know, about three and a half years ago now, I implemented a $3,500 appearance fee to be a guest on my show. So now, when I get pitched by a PR person or by an individual um, trying to be on the show, they're directed to an application link that says, hey, if you do get accepted, just so you know, um, through this application, it's a $3,500 fee to be on Entrepreneurs on Fire. So if that's of no interest to you, then please don't apply. And so now from those 400 applications, we might get 75 to 100 actual applications from that of people that take the next step and fill out the application. And then from there, you know, we're choosing 15, 20, 30 people per month to be on the show. Cause you know, there's definitely times when like I want to have, you know, one of my friends on the show or somebody that I look up to and admire and I reach out to them and those situations, there's no fee involved because I'm doing the outbounds. But um, that's, you know, turned to uh, be a really big revenue stream for us on a month over month basis. In fact, I think last month it was $51,000 just from appearance fees. And it kind of makes me smile because I, I hired a coach, Jamie Masters, back in 2012, who's also from Maine. And I remember when we were talking about ways I was going to monetize, I'm like, well, if I get my show big enough, 
people will pay to be on my show for the exposure, just like people pay for ads to get exposed, right? And she's like, John, people will never pay to be on podcasts. And I was like, oh, okay, that's too bad. And I kind of forgot about it until, you know, years and years later when I was like, let's just give it a try. And, you know, for me now, it's a win-win situation. Here I have a platform that I've spent a decade building, millions of listens per month. Um, and if you want, you know, the access to this platform, this is what the value exchange is going to be. It's awesome to hear your success, but I bet in the beginning, there are some moments where you might've been worried. Was there ever a moment where you weren't sure you were going to make it or you thought you would fail? <sighs> There's definitely worries and doubts and fears, you know, all throughout the journey, you know, every year in the past 10 years has, has had those for different projects that I've, you know, launched different books that I've written, different things that I've done. I mean, that's always going to happen, but I never had that feeling of I'm not going to make it because I was always building the business that I wanted to make and it was always on my terms. And I was, you know, just building the type of lifestyle that I wanted. You know, I wasn't looking to build a hundred million dollar business, you know, to eventually someday buy the New York Jets. Like I was just looking to build a multi-million dollar a year business, you know, with a very lean team and lean workforce that was going to allow me to, you know, move down to Puerto Rico and enjoy life. Like that was kind of what I was looking for. So never really had that exact feeling of it's just, I'm just not going to make it. Um, but again, the doubts, the fears, they're always there. So for coaches who are listening and who want to go down this route of starting a podcast and potentially a podcast that they can monetize, uh, I would love to hear your wisdom. What are your top three tips for new coaches? If you're going to launch a podcast, your podcast has to be the number one solution to a real problem in this world. If you're a coach, great, but don't just launch a podcast that's like every other coach's podcast out there. It's going to fail. But if you say, you know what? I am an ultimate expert in X or Y or Z Go all in on that one thing and have the single best podcast that has the single best solution to that very specific thing that you're an absolute expert on. So niche your flipping face off. Number two, you have to absolutely have quantity because people have a lot of options these days. And if you're just going to do a once a month show or a once a week show, like it's going to struggle. Like to me right now, as we said in 2022, a three-day-a-week show really has got to be a minimum goal that you're shooting for. Now, I'm not saying it has to be three long-form interviews per week. It can be one long-form interview and then a three-minute recap of that interview on Wednesday from the interview that went live on Monday and then a five-minute Q&A on Friday. And boom, now you're having this nice variety show where you're doing an interview, a recap of that interview, a Q&A show. Um, and you're really being able to mix things up a little bit. And so that's something that I really encourage people to think about is like, what is your quantity level going to be at? And, you know, really the final thing that I would say for, you know, launching a successful podcast in 2022 is you've got to commit to OPP. That's other people's platforms. So for me, since 2012, I have been committed to being on a get, to being a guest on at least 10 other podcasts every single month. Today's an example of that day. I'm 
being interviewed by 15 people today. One day per month, I do back-to-back interviews on other people's platforms. And so now I know that, hey, Christy has X number of listeners, and every one of those listeners is a podcast listener. And guess what? Podcast listeners listen to podcasts. So if I'm connecting with 1%, 10%, 50% of her listeners today, they might go check out Entrepreneurs on Fire to see what I have going on because the average podcast listener listens to seven podcasts. And if I can become one of the other six podcasts that Christie's listeners listen to, then I've just gained a listener. I've gained listeners. And over time, that stuff really adds up. Okay, so to close out the podcast, I want to play a quick game and it's called Higher or Lower. But first, let me talk about what's brought you the Coach Pony podcast today. So we are always brought to you by Chocolate and Awesome. And the chocolate today is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups which I have to say are oldies, but goodies. And the awesome is our program, Build a Real Business. It's our coach pony program that's structured year long and all about how to build a real successful coaching business full of happy paying clients. So come on over to coachpony.com forward slash B-A-R-B dash invite to get your invite and join us. All right, so higher or lower is a game where I am going to guess uh, how you did things. I'm going to ask you questions and then I'm going to guess wildly erratic guesses actually about um, if you were higher or lower. So we want to get a little bit more information about your business and you'll tell us if I'm right or if I'm wrong. Okay. Question one, the most amount of money you have made from podcast sponsors is I'm going to say $15 million. Lower. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I know we probably average like somewhere between around $75,000 a month from sponsors. Okay, question two. The number of podcasts that you've recorded since 2013 is 3,000. Higher or lower? Yeah, 3,600. Wow, that is a tremendous amount of podcasts. And let's see, final question. The amount that you spent on advertising in 2021 is $150,000, higher or lower? Lower, $0. Wow, amazing. And by the way, I've spent money on advertising in the past, for sure. Different promotions and and affiliates that I've done, absolutely. Um, But 2021 just wasn't one of those years. That's amazing. I love that you shared those numbers with us. And it's also heartening to hear you spent no money on advertising. And I want to just say thank you so much for your time and for playing with us and for your honesty. And everyone listening, please check out the Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast with John Lee Dumas. It was a blast. Thanks, Christy. As always, thanks for listening. I appreciate you. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe and share it with another coach. And if you need more practical business help, for the love of chocolate, please go to coachpony.com and sign up for a free guide and business training designed to help you get paying clients. We'll see you over at www.coachpony.com.